You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sports Yak Podcast is powered by Notre Dame Athletics. Experience the excitement of cheering the Fighting Irish onward to victory. Tickets for Notre Dame Athletic events are available at und.com slash buy tickets. Also by Pyramid Equipment. Be prepared this winter season by checking the condition of your snow removal equipment. Pyramid Equipment is a locally owned business in Rolling Prairie, Indiana that sells, services, and installs residential and commercial grade snow plows, parts, and salt spreaders. Pyramid Equipment is your trusted dealer of Meyer and Snow Dog products. Old man winter's ready. Are you? Service discount for military, fire, and police available. Call 800-833-2591. Or find them on the web at PyramidEquipmentInc.com. And now, here we go, maniacs. From South Bend, Indiana, you know where that's at. I don't. It's Sports Yak with Corey Mann and Chuck Freeby. I'm the booth announcer, Jim Shorts. That's good. Welcome to episode 155 of Sports Yet. My name's Corey. His name's Chuck. This is the Rube Wahlberg episode. Rube Wahlberg. Yeah. I, I feel like I've heard that name before. Uh, pitcher for the Philadelphia A's in the 1920s and 30s. He gave up the most home runs of any pitcher to Babe Ruth. 17 in his career. But he won 155 games. Not bad for a young man who was discovered at the age of 25 throwing chunks of coal at fence posts in his brother's coal yard in Seattle. Ever a movie made about him, or was he a character in a film? Well, you've probably heard of Rube Goldberg, I believe. Now, who's that? That was a character in movies and fiction. Okay. Yeah. Rube Goldberg. Right. Not who we're talking about. Rube Wahlberg. (laughs) One of one of twelve siblings, by the way, from wow. the Wahlberg family. Throwing coal at a fence post. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And gets discovered and winds up winning 155 games of the big leagues. That feels like a movie. Should be. Yeah. What would you call it? Rube. Ruby. Ruby. <laughs> Ruby. Exactly. All right. 
Let's start with the World Series. 5-4 win for the Nationals last night as they beat the Houston Astros. What a performance by the 20-year-old phenom Juan Soto. Juan Solo? No, Juan Soto. Thank you. He went 3-for-4, hit an opposite field home run off Garrett Cole that landed up on the train tracks at Minute Maid Park, which is about a 420-foot shot from home plate. Um, then a big two-run double to help break the game open. So the Nationals go into Houston and beat Houston's ace in the opening game. And in 18 of the last 22 World Series, the team that has won game one has won the series. However, one of the teams to get past that was Houston in 2017. So don't count the Astros out just yet. Great matchup again tonight. Steven Strasburg versus Justin Verlander. The quality of pitching in this series is phenomenal. And the fact that nine runs were scored last night kind of surprised me a little bit. Did you get to see the actual game? I got to see up until it was 5-2. to two. National anthem? Anybody sing that I... I, I don't know who sang the anthem. Yeah. I turned it on late. Okay. Yeah. Any uh, celeb sightings? Well, J.J. Watt was there, the Houston uh, Texans defensive standout. He revved up the crowd before the game. Nolan Ryan anywhere to be seen? He's sitting in the front row. Was he? Yeah. All right. As he is for most Astros games. Still. Yeah. Just comes to the games. Mm Mm-hmm. And our seat right over there. Yep. Where's he at when I'm watching the screen? Um, Right side of the screen. Okay. Opening night of the NBA. Yeah, I paid very little attention to this, uh, but I can tell you Kawhi Leonard scored 30 in his Clippers debut, and the Clippers beat the Lakers by 10. LeBron, uh, not that big a night, 18 points. I think he had nine assists, five rebounds. Not what you would typically expect from LeBron, but you got to remember the dude's in his 17th season in the NBA. Uh, and then you take a look at Toronto beat New Orleans, which does not have Zion Williamson. He underwent arthroscopic surgery on his knee. He's going to be out six to eight weeks. Uh, Raptors apparently got the largest NBA championship rings ever, according to the Raptors. Uh, I did not see the ring, so I can't really comment on it, but They win, and so tonight, opening night for our three regional teams, you've got the Pacers, the Pistons, and the Bulls all in action. In fact, the Pistons open up against the Pacers. Bulls open up at home against Charlotte. Throughout the question on 46 Sports, how many of our teams do you expect to make the playoffs? And your options are none, one, two, or three. What does that stand at right now, Corey? 49% of the votes say one team will make it through. I have to think most people think that's the Pacers. Uh, with Victor Oladipo returning healthy, the signing of Sabonis earlier this week, Miles Turner, they've got some talent. I think they can be a factor in the East. I don't have much hope for the Bulls or the Pistons. Uh, the Pistons opening up the year without Blake Griffin. He's got hamstring and knee problems. I just I don't see a whole lot to be excited about with either one of those teams. Because of my added attention to sports as we continue to to plow through our little program here, I feel like I'm watching people be more excited than ever for the NBA season. 
I don't understand why. Do you feel that at all, or am I? I don't, but I I don't think we're of the age range that the NBA is trying to appeal to. Now that makes sense to me, because yeah. my son-in-law is nutso about tonight and the Bulls, mm-hmm. and I I don't understand why. Now remember when we were his age? Yes. Now, early he he's I, in his early twenties. When we were in our early twenties, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Now, I will tell you, the Bulls had something to be excited about back then. If they had Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen like players now, and they were really, really good, then I'd probably be excited about it. Yes. But the Bulls haven't given me anything to be excited about in 10 years. So why in the world would I care right now? And the great players are on the West Coast where you and I do not live, so we do not care. And and we're part of a morning show, which requires us to be up super early. Therefore, we're not staying up super late to watch the west coast games if i were still working in tv where i had to be up at 11 o'clock at night to do the sports and it takes me a while to wind down boy the nba would be great theater to watch yeah and i'd probably care more about it but i don't no i don't (laughs) now college basketball poll came out earlier this week and michigan state tom Izzo's squad ranked number one for the first time which I found a little hard to believe that it's the first time that Sparty has ever been number one. Now, it's round up the usual suspects in the top four. Kentucky, Kansas, and Duke. The Blue Bloods are all up there. Purdue, 23rd. You can hear every Boilermaker game on 103.1 FM, as with every IU game. I think for the Hoosiers, could be a difficult season this year. I'm not getting a great vibe out of Bloomington about this team right now. Mm-hmm. Um but I think Purdue, even though Carson Edwards leaves early for the NBA, and and boy, what a preseason he had, um, you get the feeling that Matt Painter's still got something going on there in West Lafayette. Were you surprised by Michigan State being number one? Um, no, not really. They've got a lot. They've got a lot of talent coming back. Okay. So and and a quality coach. Sure, why not? Why not hang the number one logo on them? Plus, if you look at the Big Ten overall, I don't I don't think there's a tremendous amount of depth in the Big Ten. Uh, you have to go down a ways to Maryland at number seven for the next Big Ten team, and it still seems strange to talk about Maryland being a Big Ten team. Uh, and then I think Ohio State and Purdue were the other two teams from the conference who were ranked. Notre Dame, of course, nowhere on that list. They, they received votes, um, but... Notre Dame, if you look at the Atlantic Coast Conference, you've got Duke, Carolina, Virginia, um, Louisville. Those are all top 25 teams and much more deserving of the honor right now than Notre Dame. A Notre Dame team coming off a season with a losing record, you're not going to put them in the preseason top 25. Right. And P.S., what Tom Noy told us, opening against North Carolina in North Carolina, yeah, and the game counts. Right. Now, you know, what a way to make an opening statement. Shock the world, but I don't see that happening. Okay. Let's stay on the topic of Notre Dame and segue to football. That's fine. Irish and Michigan coming up on Saturday night in Ann Arbor, where Michigan, I don't believe, has ever lost a night game. And the other thing is no team in this series has ever lost a night game at home. So you've got a lot of obstacles to overcome. Now, 
I'm still not sold on the Michigan offense. I realize they had a great second half against Penn State. But if you look at the overall body of work, what is there about the Michigan offense that really shakes you up? I mean, Ronnie Bell's a nice wide receiver. Donovan Peoples-Jones is a a nice wide receiver. They're not like the USC receivers, though, who can blow right by you. They're big physical receivers. Uh, Shea Patterson, when's the last big game that he won? The answer is he hasn't. Okay, so for all the uh, for all the build up to this game and the hype, I'm still trying to get past what about Michigan makes you as an Irish fan sit and fear them other than the fact that they're playing at home in a night game and Notre Dame traditionally has not done well in road night games uh this is my favorite game of the season I love Notre Dame Michigan and what is it that you love about it uh family dispute mm-hmm. uh my mother married into a Michigan uh family and uh their graduates their dad was a graduate their season ticket holders there's maize and blue all over their house. There's a car that's yellow with a maize and blue stripe and the Michigan logo that they drive around. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. It makes me sick. There's a stuffed Wolverine in their house that you have to look at when you walk into the house past the staircase. It's disgusting. It makes me sick. So with all this stuff being disgusting and making you sick and knowing that there's a chance that the Irish could lose the game, Mm-hmm. Why would why does that make this your favorite game? Because to me, see those kinds of things with the Notre Dame USC rivalry as intense as it is in my house. That's one reason why I kind of shy away from. That. I'm the kind of person that shies away from conflict. Okay, perhaps you gravitate towards. It. I enjoy I enjoy a good game of back and forth. Well, that I, I do enjoy. I don't enjoy blowouts. I don't I don't enjoy fifty five points at all. Unless it's 49 to 55. Right. I enjoy a good back and but, forth. But see, even then, and, and this is what comes from being around Notre Dame fans. Okay, so if Notre Dame won that game 55-49, our defense stinks. Right. You know, nobody's ever happy. Mm-hmm. You said on your news this morning that uh, they've been practicing because of what they learned at Georgia and Michigan is their fans are into it up there. Oh, it's a loud game. It's I've, a loud place. I've been to those games before. So I am interested to see how well they prepared for that because that means they had to pump that kind of sound into practice. I hope. I mean, I that's think, the yeah. you know. Well, plus they had the experience of playing at Georgia. I think that game will reap benefits in this game. Yes. I think they will learn from that experience and and benefit from it somehow. Let's hear from the starting quarterback on what he thinks about this Saturday night. You mean Ian Book? Yeah, him. We're super excited. I've never been down to Michigan myself, but it's going to be a lot of people. It's going to be loud. We're excited, and you know, we're especially, you know, we just want to get a big win uh, on a road game. So it's big for us, and uh, I just you can tell everyone this week is extremely pumped up, excited, and confident. Anything at the Brian Kelly press conference that uh, caught your ear or you went, huh? Well, I asked him how confident he was about his team running the football against Michigan because Michigan's defense, Don Brown is the defensive coordinator for Michigan's defense. 
And Don Brown runs a defense that is based on stopping the run. We're going to stop the run. We're going to make you beat our corners and safeties man-to-man. We think we're better than you, and we're going to stop you that way. And so I asked Ryan, how confident are you that you can run the football on Michigan? And he didn't really answer the question. He said, well, we know we have to run the football. Well, I know you have to run the football too. That wasn't the question. The question was how confident. But I didn't get into it because we're so limited on time with him and there were other things that had to be covered. But I still didn't hear, yeah, I really believe we can run the football. I heard, well, we have to do it, which... I did like the fact that he felt like they had to be persistent about it. If they don't have success in the first quarter or even the second quarter running the football, they have to stick with it. They can't pull a Matt Nagy and just run the ball seven times. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another lesson that they learned from the Georgia game too because I believe Notre Dame against Georgia only ran it 14 or 17 times. It, It was in the teens. And that's not enough to say... We've made a commitment to the running game. You've got to try to run it 25 to 30 times, at least in my opinion, to say, all right, we we tried. We made a a real effort at establishing the running game. Because if you don't establish the running game, Michigan's pass rush is good enough. It's going to get to Ian Book, and it's going to do some damage. Let me turn the tables on you. In your opinion as a sports journalist and what you've seen this season, Are you confident in them running the ball? Confident? Scale of 1 to 10, 1 being no, 10 being absolutely. 6. Okay. I I believe they should be able to. Um, I think having Jafar Armstrong finally healthy will help with that. I who do you still, give the ball to if you are going to run the ball? Who Who is the player? Well, I think you have to mix it up. I think okay. you have to mix it up with Jones and Armstrong. You can't just go to one or the other because they're different kinds of backs. Yeah. Jones is more of a battering ram, whereas Armstrong. So what you might do is run Jones the first two or three times and then run Armstrong. A healthy rotation to make him keep guessing. Right. Okay. You might see some two-back sets for the Irish in this game, which you don't see a whole lot of. Uh, I think they've got to a vary it up because Michigan defensively is going to switch it up somewhat and try to confuse Ian Book. Mm-hmm. And I think Notre Dame offensively has to give Michigan some different looks and try to keep them off balance. Do you have to do your TV show this weekend with, no. an, with an away game? Okay. Do you want to segue into high school football? Sure, you why not? you feel good about that? Yeah, a number of – and by the way, folks, we're not with you Friday. No. So I'll be watching the game from Nashville, Tennessee this weekend. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well. Going down to see some friends, going to see Elton John for his last tour. Very excited about does that. Does Elton know you're coming? He, word has been given to his people. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm sure. Well, when you said going to see some friends and going to see Elton John, you you almost made it sound like, Yes, Elton's in the group that I'm going to see. We have met before. Okay. In the 90s. Anyway, back to high school football. We yes. can get to pop culture later in the sure. show. Um, so I'm going to go over some of the high school football games a little uh, 
little more in depth than we normally do on a Wednesday since we're not here to talk about them on a Friday. Let's do it. Uh, in Indiana, our 46 game of the week, which you can see live on Facebook at 7.30 Friday night, TV 46 Friday night, 11 Saturday morning at 9, is Tippecanoe Valley at South Bend, Washington. A pair of 6-3 and three teams, somewhat mirror images of each other. Neither team throws the ball all that well. Both teams have run it exceptionally well this year, and both teams play pretty good defense. Both teams only have one win against a team that finished above 500, so they've both benefited from a somewhat lackluster schedule. That said, I went to Washington yesterday. They have had a turnaround. They finished 3-7 and seven a year ago. They're 6-3 and three this year, and I asked, why is this team successful right now? See, our seniors, we have 23 of them, and our these are outstanding seniors, and we push ourselves, and I feel like the coaches have pushed themselves, themselves too as much as we push ourselves. Why is the senior class so close? Senior class, so close. we've been we've been together since freshman year, since day one, and we know how the feeling to be losing. We've been through everything together, and it just feels like we just have a real bond here, a family bond. This is a pretty special thing that they have here. Uh, but the closeness was there before I got here. It just, I was just augmented by, I think, the whole experience that they've had. You know, three and seven for, as freshmen, three and seven as sophomores, three and seven as juniors, and a lot of people telling them that they had talent to be better than three and seven. Uh, and then, like I said, the outside perception of the Washington kid maybe is not as good as what it, you know, what is what is actually present about these kids, which is, you know. Maybe they quit too easily or they don't care or, or, or whatever it is. I don't see any of that. I think that has kind of bonded them together and, and, and brought them closer together and, and just coming to a common goal that they now see that they can accomplish. By the way, you can watch that video on Chuck's Twitter page, at 46 Sports. Here's what I saw in that video. Some huge high school kids. You're going to see them on both sides. Massive. Yeah. The, uh, the first voice you heard, Mario Garcia, 6'5", 280, and a senior. He's one of the tackles on offense for Washington. He I would is, have never guessed 6'5 in that video. Yeah. So He's, you're pointing up. <laughs> uh, I got done with that interview, and the next person I was interviewing was 5'10", and I said, oh, my shoulders are so happy. <laughs> what, else they, uh, what else are they lining up? Um, so across their front line, this is their offensive line. They go... The tackles are are 280 and 270. The guards are 295 and 275. And the center, Malik Kelly, is 305. Wow. And that pales in comparison uh, to Picanoo Valley. Here's their offensive line. Now, their center is 175, which is not unusual because lots of times you want your center to be quick off the ball. But the uh, the Valley offensive line goes across 233, 334, 175, 228, 307. Wow. That's a big kid. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of big ones. So that's why both these teams run the ball quite a bit. And uh, it should be an interesting matchup. That's our 46 game of the week. I will be very honest with you. There are not a lot of great matchups in the first round of the sectional. Now, can we hang out one second with sure. Washington? You talked to Todd Stamich. Yes. I don't want to pull back the curtain too much on your broadcast. but no, I that's fine. But I'm going to guess you had a chance to, okay, what's, what is it that's gone from a 3-7 and seven season to this? What What is working, do you think? Number one, they're, they've got these 23 seniors that okay. you just heard about. So they're an experienced ball club. 
they were a passing team beforehand. And Todd Stamage looked at his team and said, we are not a passing team. And, and that's obvious when you look at their passing stats this year. Not giving away any secrets here. They have nine completions and eight interceptions this season. They do not throw the ball well. Got to make a tough yeah. choice, tough decision. So Todd okay. Stamage looks at that and says, we're not a passing team. We're running. We can run the football. I've got these big offensive linemen. Let's run the football. Okay. And it doesn't matter if they know we're going to run the football. We'll run some misdirection. We'll run some counters. They don't know where we're going to run it. And we'll still have success. Okay. And I I think it's much the same down at Tippecanoe Valley. Now, they do throw it a little more effectively down at Tippecanoe Valley. Uh, and they throw it more often. But nevertheless, they're still a, a team based on the run. The other games this week. Um, there's only remember most all of 6a and most of 5a has a buy this week because they are smaller uh, groups of classes the one 5a game going on is Elkhart Central against South Bend Adams at Clayfield I don't think it's going to be close I think Central will dominate that matchup for a couple of games to keep an eye on Northridge is at home against East Noble which is I believe ranked number two in class for a really good team. Uh, Tom Wagaman's Raiders have their hands full in that matchup. Another 4A matchup, New Prairie at South Bend Riley. Of course, we saw the Cougars last week on 46. They lose that heartbreaker to Elkhart Central. They'll bounce back well. They're ranked number four in class 4A. 3A, the other matchup to keep an eye on besides uh, Washington Valley is West Noble, undefeated, ranked number seven in the AP poll. They go to John Glenn, take on the Falcons out of the NIC. So we'll see if John Glenn can give West Noble a challenge. If West Noble wins that game, they would more than likely play number four Marion the following week. So tough assignment for the Chargers out of Ligonier. And then in 2A, a couple of interesting matchups around here Wabash taking on LaVille the big game in the state is actually in 2A this week number two Lewis Cass plays number three Pioneer in a rematch of the season opener it's a game that would be worthy of a state championship game and it's played in the first round of the sectional Mm. and in fact that's what the IHSA has chosen as their game of the week that they show on their webcast just in case we have some new listeners all of a sudden yeah And we're talking about Indiana High School polls. Right. I'm going to go, for example, Valparaiso is number two in 5A. A. That's in their conference of the state, not in the state as a whole. No, that's in the state. So, okay, you have to realize there's six classes of football in Indiana. Mm -hmm. And the largest enrollment schools are in what's called 6A. So Valpo is the largest school in that next level down, which is 5A. And they're a really good team. They've got two Division One prospects as defensive ends. So they've played very well this year. They beat Penn, traditional power up here. So they're ranked number two of all the 5A teams in the state of Indiana. Now there's only 32 5A teams, or 34, excuse me. So they're ranked number two. Concord from around here is ranked number six. They have the week off. Elkhart Central is ranked number nine. They're playing Adams on Friday night. If they win that game, they would play Concord 
the following week, and we would have that game for you on TV 46. Okay. Because usually the big teams, the number one teams, are Indianapolis-ish. Yes. You know, so it's great to hear some of these local teams up in the top five, top three. Yeah. Just remember, there hasn't been a local team from in northern Indiana who has won a state championship since 2005. It's been a while. And that it team has. was? That well, actually, there were two that year. It was Jimtown and Northwood. Okay, but Northwood played later in the day, so they have the title of most recent. Might as well also throw in a couple of Michigan games while we're at it. Do it. Edwardsburg and Pawpaw is probably the game of the year in Southwest Michigan. They're both ranked number two in their respective divisions. Edwardsburg in Division Three, Pawpaw in Division Four. They're both eight and zero. They're both in the Wolverine Conference, so this is for the conference championship on Friday night. And then Portage Northern taking on the St. Joe Bears. St. Joe has had a resurgent season under a new coach, and they're 6-2 and two going in. Portage is that Gandalf Northern, the Great up there? Gandalf Church is now the defensive coordinator at Edwardsburg. Oh. I believe Andrew Prattley is the man's That's name right. okay. that is up at St. Joe. Uh, so the Bears are six and two. Portage Northern is seven and one. That's a good game in the Southwest Michigan Conference. But in the grand scheme of things, both of those games are fairly meaningless because all of those teams have already qualified for the playoffs in Michigan. You've been listening to Sports Yak, brought to you by Notre Dame Athletics. Experience the excitement of cheering the Fighting Irish onward to victory. Tickets for Notre Dame Athletic Events available at und.com slash buy tickets. And buy Pyramid Equipment. Think Pyramid Equipment for your snowplow needs, sales, services, and installations of residential and commercial grade snowplows, parts, and salt spreaders. Pyramid offers military, police, and firemen's discounts. Find us, PyramidEquipmentInc.com. That's uh, going to be a long year, I have the feeling, for the Blackhawks. <laughs> they they lost in an overtime shootout last night, 2-1 to Vegas. And then the Red Wings, who got off to that great start, uh, starting to fade a little bit. Bo Horvat had a hat trick for Vancouver last night at Little Caesars Arena. And the Canucks take a 5-2 victory. So, you know, we threw that question up earlier in the year about hockey and and. How about the Hawks and the Red Wings who would make the postseason and nobody really came out of there saying, hey, we're really excited about uh, their chances for the postseason this year. There is hockey in town this weekend, by the way. Notre Dame back in action against Lake Superior State Friday and Saturday at the Compton. Is there a time of year, Chuck, in professional hockey when it's like, all right, tighten up the laces because it's go time or is it from the beginning? Oh, no, I, I think... All-star game? Yeah, I think after the all-star break, you start to see... I mean, that's the way it was for St. Louis last year. St. Louis really struggled in the first half of the season. They got hot towards the end, made the playoffs, made their run, went all the way to the Stanley Cup championship. Okay. Notre Dame's here. Lake Superior State, a good team? They're okay, but it's yeah. a team that Notre Dame should be able to handle. The 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 mystique about that is when Jeff Jackson coached at Lake Superior State, they were college hockey champions, so he's coaching against his former team, and and that's always kind of uh, an interesting side note to that. There was a Michigan Notre Dame game um, with soccer. Uh, boy, a little bit of controversy last night at Alumni Field. They get down to the 89th minute, a penalty in the box 
is called against the Irish. Well, that gives Michigan a penalty kick. They buried it. Wolverines win it one nothing. Uh, I don't think Chad Riley, the head coach of the Irish, was enamored with the call in the box in the final minute of regulation. But uh, the Wolverines win that one one zip. Irish, both Irish soccer programs, scuffling a little bit this year. I went to look into my homework uh, assignment. Yes. For the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the inductees. I understand. This is not an easy assignment. That this could be an entire episode. Really? It's, Chuck, I am a musicologist. I will call it. I love and, and music. That's why I mentioned this to you. But I tell you what, this is so thick in the weeds. There's There's some people on this list I've never heard of in my lifetime. <laughs> so it's hard for me because I'm all about body of work. And if you uh, earned it, right? there's some people in here, they've dissected into producers, songwriters, and members of groups that stand above the rest of the group. So I, I, I have I'm a like, bit of a problem with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Uh, I do now. I could see. Okay, if you're going to say Phil Collins, because yes. he kind of emerged from Genesis. Two bodies of work, really. Sting, he emerged from the police. Yes. Okay, I can see that. But if you're going to look at a group and say, well, we like uh, Phil Cousy. Well, he did really good guitar work here. <laughs> Phil Cousy, by the way? Yeah, I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, Alan Freed, I did enjoy reading about him. Yeah. Huge uh, radio DJ back right. in the day. That, but, uh, I'm dude, this list is insane long. But, again, okay, you're in, and yes, I had my rant about Cat Stevens. Who is not in, and I, you know, I throw Boston out there mm-hmm. as a group that really... I, I, it's inexplicable to me why they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, I kind of went through and made my list of my absolute favorites, and they are all in there. Okay. Uh, but I mean, Boston is a glaring, and uh, that that was about it, dude. Uh, I mean, there's some there's some in there. I was like, really, Def Leppard? I mean, I I like them, but we're talking three records. Yeah. They've got a lot, but three records are really good. Um, Who else did I kind of go, what? You mean besides Cat Stevens? Yeah. I, Green Day's in there? I don't get that one. I don't think they've earned that yet. No, I don't think so either. And they were in in 2015. I, I don't... Uh... But again, as you said, this isn't a committee. Yeah. I mean, in a way it is, but it's just... It's a couple of super rich guys yeah. putting together a list. Guns and Roses, I mean... They they were hot for a second. They've literally, Chuck, have had four records. They've only had four records. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's not a Hall of Fame career. One of them, uh, one, one outside of the four was a cover record. One was an EP with five songs. Uh, yeah. I, I would not put them in yet. I wouldn't argue with Hall and Oates. I wouldn't argue about Hart. Uh, no, of course you got to put Hall and Oates in. The... Mm. But like you were saying earlier, that would be like just taking Hall without Oates. We're putting in Daryl Hall 
I'm sorry, John Oates. We didn't think your contributions were enough. Yeah, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Well, what about Alice Cooper's band? Yeah. I mean, those guys were the backbone of, you know, It's but it just says Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, John Mellencamp is in there, but he's played with the same dudes for a long time. Yeah, Do but they see, get it's, accolades? It's, it's never been advertised as John Mellencamp. Not, it's not like Bruce Springsteen in the E Street Band. How about Kiss? They're in there, but which members of Kiss? That, that's been yeah, a revolving that's door from, you know. However, has it really mattered? You know, I understand what members of KISS, but it's really the establishment of KISS. That would be like saying the Beach Boys. It's the brand. Yes. NWA's in there. I, you know. Yeah. Nirvana's in there. Literally two records. Yeah. That, two records. The other one was a live record. Paul's in there. George is in there. I didn't look this up. I wonder if I wonder if they're all in there separately. John and Ringo. Yeah, I didn't even. Uh, I mean, I, I, I saw think George. You would, I would think you have to put John in there. My goodness. I see John. I see George and Ringo. Ring, Ringo's in there, so I'd have to go back to the. John's got to be. Got to go there back then. to the Jays. There's no question. John Lennon is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. Rush. I agree with that. Yes. What about yes? Uh, let me jump ahead to the Y's. Aren't, aren't Rush what? and Yes the same band? No, they are not. <laughs> One has three members. The other has many members. Careful what you say there. Gary Hegland line Yeah, two. I know. Gary Hegland, That's exactly who that was thrown out there for. Yes is in the hall. ZZ Top earned. You mm-hmm. 2 I agree with. Oh, yeah. Van Halen, I agree with. Most definitely. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Absolutely. Not just Tom Petty, but and the Heartbreakers. But that's how they were billed for many, many years. Yes. But an amazing body of work by himself. Oh, yeah. Tupac Shakur. I had to laugh the other night. So. In the Hall of Fame. Um, What game? What, it was a college game. Oh, I was watching Oregon and Washington. Okay. And for some reason, I forget what it was. They were talking about a player and the music he likes. Or maybe it was even a coach and the music he likes. And uh, Sean McDonough said, Tupac. And then quickly corrected himself. (laughs) And I don't know if that was a producer in his ear or Todd Blackledge shaking his head. But, uh, yeah, Tupac shaker. Uh (laughs) Do you know the distance between South Bend and Cleveland out of curiosity? About a four-hour drive. Four hours? Yeah. Okay. I've never been to the Hall of Fame. Oh, come on now. Have you? I've not, but I'm 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 not Mr. Music. Yeah, I should get over there. Any idea the admission price? Want to take a guess on how much it costs for oh. a general admission? General admission, I'm going to guess 40 26 Really? Okay. You can become a member. No, thanks. I got to get over there. Maybe I'll do that before the end of... that. I turned fifty this year. It's been a it's been a, a year of yes. Maybe you know, I'll get over there. You got to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I've got to go to the Baseball Hall of Fame, which you've never been. Never been. Wow, you of all people. How far of a drive is that? Cooperstown is a hall. It's about eight to nine hours. Oh, really? Yeah. Bottom of the state, or uh, it's upstate New York. Upstate, yeah. New and York. there's no quick way to get there. Okay, but it 
still that's an would be extended. Worth it. That's a that's a that's a no, Thursday that's a, night to Tuesday. That's a, yeah, that's a trip because you got to have some time to. Well, wait for you, for you it's a Monday to Thursday because you yeah. got to be back to call the game. Well, if I do it in the spring or the summer, oh yeah, which All would right. be the time to go. Mm-hmm. I'm in agreement with you. Uh, the Star Wars trailer came out Monday night it at halftime. <laughs> oh, which I slept through. With four minutes left in the second quarter, I felt good. But, dude, I had the CPAP strapped on. It was go time. Mon- These games go too late. Yeah, they do. I don't I- mean to sound like old guy. But last night, the World Series. Okay, I get why you're starting at 8. Because the West Coast, it's 5 o'clock out there. You're trying to give people a chance to watch Yes, nationally. It's a national event. I get it. But the game moved so slowly last night that they're still in the fifth inning at 10-15. Mm. Come on, man! Throw uh, some strikes! Move this thing along! I'm going to say this. I love your wife for multiple reasons. One, she's attached to you. But I just, I love the sense of humor. I love her likes. I've been around her in social situations. I think she's great. I was, I was borderline... On the offense or defense, whatever you want to say, when I heard that she said it was a lackluster trailer, I was a little worried for a moment there. I thought my love might go down to like. And then she clarified. She clarified, but at the same time, I got home and finally got to watch it on our bigger TV and watched it a couple of times before my 12-year-old got home, and he said, what did you think? I said, you know what? Lackluster is a good word. You know, mediocre I've got high expectations, as always, but I also read this trailer is for people who are casual fans. Yeah. Just trying to get you to enjoy the experience, where I'm like, are you kidding me? We're wrapping it all up here. This is the big crescendo. This is it. It didn't feel like a crescendo watching the trailer. No. And two hours and 35 minutes? Welcome to the club, baby. I am glad to hear you say that. Welcome to the club because uh, we've had two marvel movies that were ginormous they were great but three hours so you know what i did i i wanted to push back a little bit because you and i were kind of tweeting back and forth i looked up casablanca yeah it's an hour 45 exactly <laughs> i was like oh i would give anything if it was 202 but it's not it's not it's not i was like oh man <sighs> It's storytelling, and it's done succinctly. 235. Uh, Ain't nobody got time for that. We don't. And we got tickets for 630. So that means it'll probably start at 645 because they'll put trailers in front of it. Oh, yeah. Because there's going to be a lot of people. So it's not done until 920. You're not home until 945. You're toast for the next day. Trying to wind down. It's going to be a rough December 20th here. Will you have a game the weekend before Christmas? Yeah, we'll have a game that Friday. It'll be basketball? Yeah, Yeah, so don't look for me to bail you out, Pally. Nope. (laughs) So, uh, we, we, the Mann family, are going on fall break. So this is our final episode for one full week. You've got some time off from me. Yes. No Friday, (laughs) no Monday, but we'll be back at it one week from today. One week from today. Wednesday. Next Wednesday. We'll have things to talk about. 
and I will. <laughs> uh, you can always follow uh, Chuck on Twitter. By the way, that little Mr. Rogers reference I threw in there, somebody pointed out that they saw the movie ad for the Mr. Rogers movie last night. Yes. And it looked as though Manson had it. Oh, really? That it it almost made the Mr. Rogers movie seem like a horror movie. <laughs> was it like a new trailer or someone went in and did something funny no, to it? No, it was uh, like or ran on network seen? TV during the World Series. Really? Yeah. We're going to watch this when we wrap up just to see. For ourselves. Yeah. Did you see it? I did not. Okay. Uh, you can follow Chuck on Twitter. Yeah, 46 Sports. Also on Facebook. Uh, WHME 46 Sports. Don't come to my personal Facebook page. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. If there's like a application that you've got to fill out to yeah. be his friend. And, you know, after six references, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> well, it's the questionable references that you file. Speaking of prison. Uh, you can follow Sports Yak at Sports Yak with two Ks on Instagram and Twitter. You can always email us if you'd like. The Sports Yak with two Ks at gmail.com. Until next time or next Wednesday, Yak fans. Ooga Luga, Rube Wahlberg. Everybody get out of here. There's a lobster loop.